Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. He's got that out of the middle and into the gap. He goes to 52. Brilliant batting. Simon Cabbage, you once again are making the most of an opportunity. It's his first test in Australia for some time. Three years, to be precise. Geez, I tell you what, you do well to get back into that Australian cricket team. He did it. How many times, first of all, welcome Simon Cadditch to Sports Day. How many times did you make your way back into the Australian cricket team? Was it the tw- was it twice or were there, was there more times? Uh, good afternoon. Yeah, it was a couple of times, I think. Um, I got my debut in 2001 in, in the Ashes in England when uh, Steve Waugh injured his calf and I debuted in the fourth test at Headingley and then uh, didn't get back in until I think it was sort of late 2003 against Zimbabwe in Australia. And then, um, yeah, it was sort of in and out of that team for the next couple of years and then got back in for the final time in sort of mid-2008 for the West Indies tour after being told but a year earlier that I was never going to get picked again. So, yeah, there was probably a few times, probably, yeah, three or four, maybe. Yeah, geez, i tell you what, to be told that, that, that might, it would have made you more determined, right? Oh, definitely. Um, I think when I got told that in sort of April of 2007, um, I was only, I think I was still only about 31 years of age. So I had a pretty good season the year before for New South Wales. So it came as a bit of a shock. But um, yeah, it was nice to be able to um, prove them wrong and get back in there. And then, yeah, I guess play my best test cricket in my last period in sort of 2008 to 2010. Simon, you're a part of our SEN cricket commentary team doing a great job with with the lads, Jarrett, Barrett, Sundaraisen, Collo, and a, a cast of thousands, including Flemo. Um, the the third test kicks off tomorrow against Pakistan. Pakistan put up a brave fight in that second test at the MCG. Is there anyone from Pakistan and Australia that's impressed you most so far this summer? Yeah, look, it was a fantastic fight from them. I think, um, obviously, they got off to a slow start on day one, uh, dropping David Warner early and then dropping Mitch Marsh in that second inning. So, you know, had they taken catches, I think everyone probably felt they were, you know, played well enough to win. But I think uh, for mine, you know, what's impressed me the most is that they've come out and said they want to play the more aggressive style of cricket, which is not easy to do against Australia in Australia. So I think the way that Mick Skipper led the way in Melbourne, Sean Massoud, and backed it up with the bat. Whilst he didn't get 100, you know, he got a couple of 50s and played really well. So, you know, he was impressive to be able to go out there and, and walk the talk. Um, I've been impressed with Abdullah Shafiq. He hasn't got a score yet, but he got a really good 60 in the first innings. Looks a good player, uh, and he's still only young. 
And then in terms of their, I guess their um, bowling lineup, you know, Shane Sharafridi stands out, and he, yeah. he's probably had a slow start in this series, but. I thought he came to life and that second innings got them some early breakthroughs with um, Kawadra and Labuschagne. And then, yeah, Nihamza stood up and, and bowled well and he got four from the second innings. So they've had a number of players that, you know, probably aren't that well known to Australian fans, but I thought their their spirit they showed in um, in Melbourne with it. And probably the one that summed it up the most was uh, the youngster playing his second test, Amir Jamal. Who got six wickets in Perth and then came out to uh, to bat and got thirty odd not out in Melbourne and and then uh, kept them in the game with some lower order partnerships. So yeah, they've had plenty of guys stand out. Even Rizwan as well. He's brilliant and, and probably uh, yeah another day if things went his way. You know, Pakistan might have won that second test. Well, yeah, uh, I mean the fifty four buys in the first innings didn't help either. You know, when you when you take those into consideration, if you knocked about thirty off those, it would have been a much closer match. Uh, for the Aussies, Mitch Marsh, is he the one who stood out? Yeah, he's been superb. I think uh, you can really see in his mindset. His game hasn't changed. It's just he's freed his mind up. And I think this time around, since he got back in the ashes earlier in the year, he's made a conscious effort to be true to himself, which is to go out there, take the bowlers on. And normally he does that in white ball cricket at the top of the order, but... I think this environment that uh, Andrew McDonald and Pat Cummins have created, they're allowing each of the players to be themselves, you know, on and off the field with their individuality. And I think Mitch is a great reflection of that. Uh, he's played aggressively in both tests. He probably should have had two test hundreds in these first two tests. He got a beautiful Perth, got 90. And then the other day, he had a bit of luck, got dropped on you know, 20, uh, but then made them pay and, and, you know, just fell short on 96 of what would have been a... You know, richly deserved 100, given that Australia were under huge pressure. Mm. Uh, at one stage there, 4 for 16, and he stood up and, and played the way that he wanted to play when he got back in this team, which is not that easy to do you know, when the team's under that sort of pressure and, and you want to play aggressively, but he did it. and um, yeah, He's been brilliant so far. Yeah, and Aussies want a character, don't they, to get behind, and we've got it in Travis Head. I feel like Travis Head should walk out to the middle with a long neck when he has a bat and just put it... Behind the, <laughs> behind behind the stumps, but Mitch Marsh is that is another character that Aussies just fall in love with now. And in fact, I think I heard something during the last test at the MCG five or six years ago. He was booed from the field. Last test last week, standing ovation. Yeah, look, they certainly uh, appreciated him last week. I think he got a great reception, and he would have got an even bigger one if he'd got the three figures. But um, yeah, you're right about Travis. There's a bit of worry about him uh, in terms of. <laughs> how he looks with his, his moustache. And I think Mitch Marsh is, is uh, loving how he's playing. So I think at five and six, they've decided to double up with the moustaches <laughs> and, and try and outdo each other. So, uh, yeah, look, I think what it does is it shows Australia have got a really uh, aggressive and dynamic sort of five, six, and even seven, if you include Alex Carey, who likes to get on with it. So yep. I think if the top four, the engine room, do the bulk of the work early and, sort of wear down the attack, which they, they did the other day, those guys can come out with a licence and play aggressively. So it'll make for an exciting test team if that's the case. And, um, yeah, all, all those guys in the middle order like to get on with it. So it's uh, it's not a bad spot for them to be in at the moment. 2011, let's get on to Warner now. 2011, you retired from uh, test cricket. What's going through Warner's, Warner's head as you think about your retirement from test cricket? 
I wish, I wish I'd been able to retire the way he's been able to, but yeah. um, it unfortunately didn't quite work out like that. I got injured and never got uh, never got back. So um, yeah, that, that's that's the way things go, and you know, you, time moves on, and uh, you know, my I guess experience it happened for a reason, and um, you know, you move on with the rest of your life. But in Davey's experience now, you know, he's going out really on a high. He's been able to go out at his home venue at the SCG, uh, played beautifully in Perth at the start of the series when the selectors hadn't guaranteed him a, you know, a fairy tale finish at the SCG, but he went out there and got a superb 164. So I don't think he could ask for a better way to finish. Um, you know, he's he's going to go down as, I think, the second highest uh, amount of runs across all three formats um, as a batsman. And, and But as an opener, He's arguably our greatest ever all-format opener, um, given the amount of runs he's made across the three formats. And given that uh, T20 cricket probably wasn't played as much uh, in the previous era, it's sort of hard to compare between him and Matty Hayden. I think if Matty Hayden had played a lot more T20 cricket, he was just as aggressive, if not as aggressive, as Davey. And um, you'd you'd be putting those two probably in the same echelon. But... You know, Davey um, has just moved behind Ricky Ponning in terms of second on the most amount of runs for Australia in all three formats, and he rightly deserves to be there. Um, you know, he's been an entertainer. He's batted at the top of the order, which is not the easiest thing to do against fresh bowlers in all formats. Albeit, you know, white ball cricket, that's the best place to bat, but in test cricket, it's obviously a, a greater challenge. But, um, you know, he can he can go away now very satisfied with what he's achieved in his career, and um, know that you know the way he's gone about it. Yes, he's had obviously some issues at times. Obviously, with what happened in Cape Town, and I think um, you know that's made him polarising. But at the end of the day, um, the way he's been able to come back from that experience and then finish his career the way he has um, is testament to his character. Simon Cadditch joining me on Sports Day. Simon, do you think he's gained back the full respect of the Australian public after what happened in Cape Town? Yeah, look, I think it's hard to say full respect because I think there's always going to be an element of the public that um, didn't like what happened and and rightfully so I think you know everyone at the time you know a lot of us couldn't believe what the Australian team resorted to but I think to blame him entirely for that whole episode is probably pretty naive because I think um, you know in time I've got no doubt there'll probably be more said about it and um, you know, he, he took the rap along with Cameron Bancroft and Steve Smith, but um, I think, you know, the public feel that there was more to it than probably just those three. But look, you know, at the time, uh, I think what he did was he kept his mouth shut after the initial sort of, you know, um, apology and then got on with trying to go back out there and, and play as good a cricket as, as he could. And, you know, that wouldn't have been easy to do. You know, he was able to come back and do that for someone like Cameron Bancroft. You know, he hasn't been able to get back there playing for Australia and it, it just highlights how different and how difficult it can be for, you know, the different characters. But, um, yeah, what, what's done is done. But yeah. for, for Davey to be able to get back to where he got to after such an enormous event like it, it was in Cape Town and, and obviously have our reputation tarnished the way it was, um, you know, it, it was significant to, to think that he was able to get back and play good cricket after that event. I asked a bloke last night that you played a fair whack of first-class cricket against Chris Hartley, former Queensland keeper. 
I said, what's your memory of Dave Warner? And he said, God, he, he'd like the sledge. What are your memories as a, as a former teammate of his? Well, I mean, I was fortunate enough to play with a lot of these current players now as New South Wales captain, you know, around sort of the 2007-2008 sort of season is when a lot of them started to filter into our team at sort of 18, 19. And I mean, Steve Smith debuted that season. So did Kawaja. I think so did um, about a season or two later. I think Davey debuted. Uh, so did Stark and Hazelwood a few years later. So I feel like I'm reasonably well placed. And I think for me, the, the probably the best memory is we went to the Champions League in 2009 um, for New South Wales after winning the BBL the year before. and We got to play in India and, um, you know, David opened the batting with the late Phil Hughes and we had a really young team, apart from probably myself, Brett Lee and Stewie Clark. Uh, the rest of the, the team were, were kids and it was, yeah, Warner Hughes, Smith, Henrique, um, Stephen O'Keefe and all these young kids and, we ended up winning the title, and, and Davey at the top of the order, this was only 2009, so he hadn't played for Australia yet, and, and he and Phil Hughes just looked like they belonged at that level, and they'd only just been sort of started playing for New South Wales. So um, their energy, their skill, and I think probably more than anything was a, was their you know firm belief in their own ability, and that's what stood out to me. Not in an arrogant way, it was, it was just they were confident but in a really good way and I, I think um, you've got to have that to make it an international level and Davey certainly had that and I think the other thing was that stood out was that for all of us in that group um, you love to play with those guys and Davey was, was a big part of that he, he had that infectious nature where you know he got stuck in he trained hard he you know the opposition knew he was a threat and you loved having those guys in your team. So, yeah, that was probably my earliest memory of it. Jeez, mate, what a great lineup that was, eh? You would have been a pretty proud skipper with that lineup. Finally, we'll let you go. Uh, but before we do, who replaces him at the top of the order? Yeah, I've said this for a couple of weeks now. Um, my thoughts are probably a little bit different to most. I mean, I know there's the three genuine openers in, in Bancroft, Renshaw and, and Marcus Harris. And I know they've all got their credentials and played test cricket before, but... In my opinion, I, I think Cameron Green um, is suited to making a change and, and getting up the top of the order. Um, the reason I say that, I think his first-class uh, numbers are far superior to those three. I think he's a better player um, and a better all-round cricketer. And I think he's good enough to adapt to a new role. So I think that um, he's batted at four. I know that's not opening, but he's batted at four a lot for WA in previous years and done very, it's probably where he's played his best cricket. So I actually think coming... In earlier will suit him better than batting at six. Um, but, yeah, look, that remains to be seen what the selectors think. But I, I think he's a long-term test player. And, um, you know, he, he didn't do a huge amount of wrong earlier in the year when he got dropped in the ashes. He had a couple of bad tests. But I thought his preparation for that series wasn't great coming in off IPL. So I haven't probably judged him that harshly on... on on that purely because he's still a young player and uh, because he didn't have ideal leading. And, and that's great learning for him. But next time he goes to England, he's got to be far better prepared against a moving Duke's ball than he was this time around. Rightio. SEN's coverage of the New Year's test starts tomorrow from 9 o'clock, Australian Eastern Daylight Time, live from the SCG. I hope you've got something pink ready to wear 
Simon? Yeah, the wardrobe for seven will be uh, all over it. So, yeah, I'll be, I'm will be i all covered, thankfully. Right. We look forward to hearing you and seeing you on the airwaves uh, from tomorrow. Simon Cadditch, thanks for your time on Sports Day. My pleasure.